not to stick women in the kitchen all the time, but there's a lot of things happening with food and meals in these stories. <laughs> Abigail, yeah. Esther. This is true. Um, Jael, come into my tent. I'll give you some warm milk. You know, so. Hospitality, yes, it's man. Hospitality. It's hospitality. We can learn a thing yeah. or two. <laughs> Let's go. What are we doing here? Intro, outro. <laughs> Who are we talking about? Who are oh. we talking no, about? No, no, like it's no, a person. no. I'm talking about women. What women are we talking about? I talk about all the women. <laughs> I've been Wait. losing track lately. We're talking Who about on? Yale. Oh. Is that how you say it? Yeah, well, yeah, it's like Yeshua. It's Yale, but <gasps> oh, we say Yale. So, we're talking about Deborah. Oh, Deborah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. How was your Thanksgiving? Next. <laughs> wow, wow. That's telling. Okay. Mine was pretty good. Mine was good. We hosted. We survived. I escaped to Monterey. It was great. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Leading Together podcast, and I am here with Jen and Judy, and we are talking about Deborah. What do you think of this story? I think she is a great example of just a faithful, humble servant of God. I really like her. Yeah. Yeah. encouraging yeah i just thought it was so refreshing to read i mean i was not in a very good space headspace today and uh picking this up and reading it was just really refreshing and empowering hmm. can you say more about that so what what in her story helped move you out of that headspace to hear of this woman who who she was and what she did took me from a place of just overwhelmness to like I could do this. I can I can be this woman who God has called me to be and seeing her with her husband as well and and them working together is just really really powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought I thought the message as a whole is just so empowering like that call to lead where we are. Right. Men, women, children as part of the family of God, like how has God called and equipped and gifted you today? Like where are we being called to act? Right. And in that, are we acting? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thinking about the ones that didn't participate, calls them out in our song. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want to be those people. Yeah. I don't want to be seen as someone that does that. Yeah. Judges is such a dark, wild book, right? Yeah. It it is really interesting to get this segment with Deborah. It is, I think, refreshing. Such a good word for that. You see her righteousness mm-hmm. and um, her desire to lead well. It truly does stand apart from all the, the other leaders and wicked judges throughout the book. I don't know how many times I have read through judges, but it just makes me want to go back then and read her read her story in a different light. Mm-hmm. When thinking about her, she's not included in the the Hall of Faith in Hebrews, and I think she probably would have been okay with that. I think she's mm-hmm. the kind of leader that was okay with you know encouraging, praying, helping her leaders. At first, I was like, wait. wait what? She's not when this is next to <laughs> scoff to back. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I I think she was humble enough that she was probably the kind of person that would have been okay with that. She didn't need all the accolades. She just wanted to give God all the glory and yeah, she had the confidence of God. Judy even kind of mentioned before we were recording, you wish you would have heard this story or at least taught this way oh, when yes. you were younger. Can yes. you say more about that? Well, 
I just, uh, for myself, I wish I would have heard it as a young woman. It's almost like not Deborah as a cheerleader, but what she, what she did, that example that she was. And if somebody tells you that this is the woman you can be, doesn't that give you hope? It's yeah. exciting. Yeah, it I is. mean, it's it's definitely far more engaging than you're limited to being, you know. In the pink ghetto, as as Jen said before, right? Right, it just expands um, kind of the landscape of what what God may call you to, right? Not having to put things aside if if your husband is not gifted in the same ways that you are gifted, that's okay, yeah, because he has been given his own gifts now. If he doesn't choose to use those gifts, those are another story. And same with us as women. Are we not using our gifts that God has given us? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I appreciated how he highlighted their relationship as well. Because yes. I think oftentimes in, in my history, I've heard sometimes like, well, you know, if if women leave, then men are just going to sit back and not do anything. And it's like, Which was such... my idea. Okay. And, yeah. and it's... Yeah, I think it's prevalent in a lot of spaces. And I've heard, I've had people say that to me too. And it's just such a scarcity mindset. And like, it's not a biblical view in which we don't have to adopt that scarcity mindset. We can see like God has an individual calling for each of us. And it's a beautiful thing to come alongside one another. Even I feel like historically, Barack is, um, is it Barack or Barack? I don't know. I just went with it because yeah. you said it confidently. Okay. So like, <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I know some of these names. It's like, I'm going to have to say these later. JL. <laughs> I feel like he's kind of portrayed as a weenie, like he's not willing to go un- unless Deborah goes with him. But, you know, Aaron shows it like recognizes her gifts and says, come on, let's go. Let's do this together. Yeah. You know, it, it's a beautiful, it's a new twist, a new perspective. Because that was one of those places where I thought, how could I then defend that, that that is how Barack really came to be? You know, where people would see him as the one who was the weenie <laughs> or um, or was he being in, in a place where he was trusting in what God was doing with Deborah? You know, I, it's, I wish I could defend that better. Well, learning Hebrew might help. I'm just kidding. Uh, i think spanish is hard enough (laughs) i think that's what he had mentioned if i remember from the message like the the subtleties of that are more in the language Mm. and so yeah that's what's hard i was just watching a video then from an old professor of mine and he's an old testament scholar and he was like you know god's word is infallible but our interpretations are not and there's just there's a lot to be learned like the more you dive in Uh, and i do wish we could read it in the hebrew and understand i've heard it said that like our version is like watching TV in black and white and being able to read it in Hebrew is like technicolor, you know? Yeah, like, I like that. Multicolor. <laughs> I, I wonder, I would like to experience that. <laughs> what do you think you would see either in your gospel communities or your family or even element as a whole, if you feel like, I was going to say women, but it's really, it's not even just women, like women and men. If, if we embraced these messages of God has a calling on your life and that you are a leader with spiritual authority, what do you think that would look like? What would change? Uh, well, just think if we all led with what God has gifted us in and not, not just that, but then surrendering those gifts to God 
as to what he would want done with them. Praying before all things, you know, may it be your glory Mm. shown through all of it. Or, you know, how, how much do we use our gifts and talents for ourselves? Right. To further what we want. Yeah, I think we would see far more engagement and we'd see a a huge decline in consumerism, which I feel Mm -hmm. like is just like a poison in the church, especially in America, where it's like, come be entertained. Here's a stage. Here's a band, you know, instead we would we would rise up and realize like, no, like we're called to go out. Like we have we have a role, right? We have a job to do. That's like far bigger than us. Yeah. Don't be the ones that stay home, you know, Mm -hmm. that are called out that didn't go into battle. We have the sword of the spirit. It shows our, I feel like this story really shows our desperate need for God's word in a, in a corrupt society. Yeah. This is a dark time for Israel. And I mean, every age thinks this is the worst of times. Whatever the time is, we, we need God's word. We need to study it. We need to share it. We need to sing it. You know, she, mm. she sang the praises of the Lord and, mm. and we need to be singing it. And hopefully it'll fall on the ears of those that need to listen. Liked how Aaron said, Judges teaches us that God does his work in the world through our availability, mm-hmm. not our ability. Just that we would be open and willing to be used. Yeah. It's all interconnecting mm-hmm. for such a time as this, for our, our sphere of influence, for yeah, to not sit on the sidelines, to use our gifts and 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 get in there and yeah. Push our sleeves up and yeah, trust God. And thinking, I feel like a common theme we keep bringing up too is is the control, being willing to let go of that and trusting God and his timing and his, what he's doing behind the scenes. And Well, ladies, thank you so much. And, and we hope, you know, as you're listening, uh, not only to this podcast, but to this message and, and hopefully reading about Deborah and Judges too, you feel empowered and you feel excited that God has invited us to partner with him and that that looks different for each one of us with how we're gifted and uniquely created. So may you be encouraged by that today. Yeah, we are we are discussing Deborah on Sunday and this is one of those messages that discussing you're not preaching at us. Socratic discussion. Who is cutting me off? What what have I created here? <laughs> Uh, when we when we talk about Deborah, this is this is one of the things where actually where it's helpful to have Michelle you go through the message and ask me questions sometimes about it because she really helped me to pull like a paragraph out that it was almost a side excursion that I think would have drawn away from the whole narrative of where I wanted to go, but still even in doing this, we we are such a polarized society. That no matter what I say as I talk about Deborah, one side is going to feel like I didn't go far enough and another side is going to feel like I went too far in how I talk about Deborah in, in terms of roles of women in churches and all this. And you know what? My, my thing I'm going to come down to at the end is let's stop using all of these things as reasons to fight one another. And how about we learn how to work together as God intended us to, to take the gospel forward. And that's what, yeah, that's what I really want to see. How do we do that? We stop fighting and fighting over who's better. So at the, my my first point at the end, we're, I'm going to talk about when, when leaders lead, the people praise the Lord. And that's the thing that it takes all of us, men, women, children, all of us. And there are studies that are done 
that show, and you know, if the if the dad does this and the family comes, if the mom does this, it does this, if the da 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 and people take these and say, see, it's better for men if men did this, or it's better for women if women did this. And it's just causing more strife rather than saying, hey, here's some positive statistics. Why don't we all live for Jesus, men, women, and children, and come together and actually do it? Rather than using studies to fight, use them to maybe see what good we can do where we are and encourage one another in that. And then I think ultimately where we're going to land is that God doesn't bring God brings about justice in his time and in his way. Mm -hmm. And we can trust that, that we may not always have the happy ending here in our life or in a couple years or whatever the circumstances, but ultimately there is justice and we can trust God in that. That doesn't mean that's fatalism where we just throw up our hands and say, okay, whatever, that we actively work for God's glory in the world but yet if something doesn't work out the way that we want in the midst of that, we still trust God will ultimately bring about what he intends. So how can, uh, whether it's someone in your family or uh, someone you're leading in your, your GC, how can you redirect when you hear that um, someone not living in that or they're living the fatalism of it? How, how do you guys help redirect people in the moment? I appreciate what you said about fatalism because I've seen myself even battle that tendency at times in my life, whether it be prayer or anything else that can lead to action. Because I think, again, there are so many um, paradoxes throughout scripture and just biblical theology, because yes, we are to rest in God's sovereignty and trust what he's doing, but also he calls the church to action and he partners with us. And I think without that latter part, it can be easy to maybe sit back and feel like, you know, we can just go through the motions and, and be a God's. spectator. Exactly. Exactly. But I think if we emphasize that latter part that no God has actually invited us to actively work with him and join him in this mission, it, it combats that attitude. Yeah. I was talking to somebody just yesterday and their business partner is someone who is like, the country's falling apart and look at all these things happening and they're just throwing up their hands and, and it's like, the world's over. They're super depressed mm-hmm. about everything. And that's because your focus is on the temporary. Mm-hmm. Your focus is not on the eternal. And that's what we, I think we need to do is have people to understand that there is an eternal dimension to all of this. And we are to be involved. We are to be taking the gospel forward, but that doesn't mean it's always going to work out how we are hoping. The person you want to get elected may not get elected, and the laws that you don't want to get passed may get passed. And when that happens, what do you do? Do you do you wallow in that and say, woe is me, the sky is falling? Or do we say, okay, here's another opportunity now to share the gospel in this difficult circumstance, and I'm going to continue to do that. And I think it if our focus is on the temporary, it gets much more difficult than when our focus is on the eternal. Mm -hmm. Excellent. (laughs) (laughs) And that's right. All right. We'll be back next week with... Wait, really? Is that it? I think that's great. I'm talking about Tamar next week. Mm -hmm.